Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Rachel Cruz, number one best-selling author, host of the Rachel Cruz Show, co-host of the Smart Money Happy Hour on the Ramsey Networks, and my daughter is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225, and we're going to talk about you right in front of you. Dwight starts off this hour in Seattle. Hi, Dwight. How are you? Well, I'm doing okay. How are you, Dave? Better than I deserve. What's up? So I'm going through divorce right now. Um, I've got no money saved. My bank accounts are actually negative. I'm about 40000 in debt, and I'm just trying to figure out where to start. I've only recently started listening to your podcast. Mm. I'm sorry. How long were you married? Uh, five years. Mm. What's your income? So right now I work at the post office. Um, I make, and I also have a side job at Applebee's. I do once a week on my day off from the post office. So I make roughly five to 6000 a month right now. Mm-hmm. Why do you have no money? Everything was basically going into my past living situation. And then we were kind of arguing for a while, and I kind of came to head, and they kicked me out. And so I had to sign a lease, which ate up most of my last paycheck. Mm. Okay. Dwight, is the divorce, is it final? Not yet. Not yet, okay. No. Um, how old are you? 24. Okay. I'll be 25 on Thanksgiving Day. Wow. Mm. Um, the, 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 we've done, I've done, and Ramsey has done crisis financial counseling, Dwight, for almost 40 years. And one of the things I've learned to do when I'm in these kinds of situations or when I'm helping somebody like you, that's in a situation like this is we need to, uh, boil this down to, um, the next right three or four things and not worry about the big stuff off in the distance right now. Because right now you've got some very immediate things that you need to address, and I really don't care about your retirement investing right now. You follow me? It's not a big deal. Yeah. We'll, get to, we'll get to that later. But, and I, uh, but right now we need stuff like a positive bank balance uh, and no more, no more hot checks going out the door, no, no more overdraft fees going out the door. Right now we need to make sure the lights and the water are on in the apartment and the apartment's paid. And um, you, it sounds like you got that started. But, um, but, so we're taking care of food, lights and water, shelter, transportation. How much is your car payment? So actually you don't have a car right now. You don't have a car. Okay. How are you getting around? Uh, where I'm living has a public bus system that is free of charge. Okay. All right. And um, so you're, you and your soon-to-be ex had one car. So technically I have a car, but it's in Texas, which doesn't help me. Okay. Um, so she's in Texas? I, no, she's here with it. It was... A very sudden transition up here uh, due to the given situation. And so we I just kind of flew up here. Uh, okay. Where, where, why is your car, your car? You were living in Texas before? 
Correct. Okay, so you just jet it out, literally. Okay. Correct. And uh, the car is parked where? At your family or with her? My family, on my grandmother's property. On your grandmother's property. You have a relative that can bring you your car? It's honestly not worth bringing up here. Um, It is. It's more than walking. It would cost more than it's worth in gas to bring up here. So the car is not worth $400. So the problem is it only gets eight miles per gallon. It would cost roughly $2,000 in fuel to drive it up here. And do you think that's what it's worth? I wouldn't even say it's worth that. Okay. So do you have a relative that will take the car for you and sell it today? I can. The biggest issue is trying to find a buyer. No, it's not. They can sell it today. It's a $2,000 car. Just go to the local junkyard, go to the tote the note lot and sell it today. You need money. You are broke. You have a car sitting there. Okay. So what's happened is, is there's so much freaking drama in your life that your brain's not even functioning. You're, you're, you're got a lot of fog because these are very clear things you should do immediately you should sell this car immediately you need to take the money and find you a two thousand dollar car and buy one at a garage sale in seattle so that you're not walking and then immediately you need to get two more extra jobs and then immediately we're going to start stacking up some cash and put some buffer around you you are not on the edge you are falling off the cliff we've got to get you back up on top the lease you signed, Dwight, for living is it? Is it reasonable for what you're making right now? So it's eight fifty a month, and it includes utilities and internet. Okay, that's great. Yeah, you can handle that on five thousand. Yeah. Okay, and your uh, job is in Seattle that makes five thousand. So I actually I don't actually live in Seattle. I live uh, out on one of the islands, about two two and a half hours from Seattle. It's just the closest place to me. Okay, so the but but my point is you you're making five thousand dollars working for the post office there. Yeah. Okay. Not in Texas. Hello. Uh, yeah. Correct. Not in Texas. Okay. All right. So th- what you've got to do is break this down, hon, and a little bitty baby steps. About three or four right things to do right now. Turn the car into cash right now. Get some more jobs right now. Delivering anything. Cutting dogs' hair walking dogs, piling up dogs' hair. I don't care what you do. Cut grass, uh, blow leaves, get you a leaf blower. Rich people are afraid of leaves. Get you, you know, uh, put up Christmas trees. I don't care. <laughs> but right now, you're going to start going to make some money because right now, the reason you, you're traumatized and talking to you, your, your verbal pattern says trauma. And so you're having trouble even staying with me when we're talking through these things. So you have, and and that's all due to you having falling off the edge of the cliff and you're terrorized by your financial situation. And I don't blame you for that. uh, But the way to fix it is to immediately start stacking cash from any source that you can. That's legal and moral immediately spending nothing piling it up piling it up piling it up and let's take care of food shelter clothing transportation and utilities yeah and any expenses dwight you can cut that we just you get in the habit of just having whether it's subscriptions memberships like 
restaurant, like whatever the thing is, like whatever you can cut, finding that margin is going to start to give you peace. Even if it's 30 bucks here or there at this point, that's huge. So like go through and cut things. Exactly. No car payment, $850 rent that includes utilities. Dude, you're making 5,000 plus a thousand with Applebee's on the weekend. That's $6,000. That's a $5,000 spread. If you don't blow that on the weekends doing stupid butt stuff. So you've got to tack this together and start stacking some cash. Well, we have had a bunch of new, wonderful things come out this fall. Dr. John Deloney, about a month ago, we launched his uh, second book. It comes out at number one, his second number one bestseller, uh, Building a Non-Anxious Life. Uh, Yesterday, we launched George Camel's new book, Breaking Free from Broke. And pre-sale, the book will actually come out in January, on January 16th, but um, a bazillion of you bought the book yesterday thank you for that we appreciate it uh, the pre-sales help us a bunch it helps george a bunch helps the marketing and everything and uh, this coming tuesday rachel the mother of three of my grandchildren is uh done a new children's book her first children's book i'm glad for what i have and uh it is a book about contentment obviously contentment. yep and it is uh the illustrations are world-class because the illustrator that we brought in is yeah, world-class. Lauren's amazing, yep. Lauren. Lauren Gallegos. Gallegos, okay. Yep. I, didn't know, I knew I was going to mess up the name, but yeah. Um, but the book is um, comes out Tuesday, and we've already sold thousands and thousands of them in pre-sale. Just some of you have heard about it on Rachel's Instagram and so forth. But the, uh, you know, the quality of these illustrations and the quality of the message for the little ones is i can't get it open it's stiff it's brand new yeah, brand new is uh absolutely incredible and so uh just to read to the uh the bedtime story age yep uh and so we've got a bunch of those in the ramsey clan right now so papa dave and mimi will be reading this uh reading rachel's own book to uh her own kids and her cousins yes they're their cousins i guess i know i know if you're a parent I got two of them tonight i got charles tonight yes and, Eli tonight. and then i just got a text from mom y'all are gonna have all of them i think tomorrow oh night. how so, wonderful all seven <laughs> thanks yay <laughs> uh but yeah if you're a parent of of kids i'm like it's just such a it's such a weird time to be a parent especially when you're like through the lens of money and you're trying to teach them about money because everything's on your phone you're Buying things on Amazon, things just show up at the door. Uh, you know, th- I mean, even cards, even debit cards, like aren't being used as much. It's all just Apple Pay. I mean, like it's just it is wild how transactions and seeing money not being even exchanged, right? But you're paying for stuff and your kids don't see it, and so it's like magic. Things oh yeah, just my kids appear. think that like if you're Am- five years old, stuff just appears. Oh, my three year old was like, let's we should just Amazon it, mom, and I was like, oh, oh no. gosh, yep, oh, that's ooh, like a thing you. now. So. I wanted them to fully embrace this idea. And it's something we talk about all the time is that like, it's okay to have stuff. Like we can have toys and you can want things, but that excitement that you have with that new toy, it fades so quickly. And so if that is what you're depending your joy and your happiness on, it fades. It it has to come from somewhere bigger. And so teaching them that, yeah, your stuff is not going to fulfill you the way you think it does. And so as a parent, um, it's a it's a shorter book, so you're welcome, parents. And it rhymes. It's it's just a sweet lesson in contentment. So I'm, I'm glad for what, what I, I have. That's right. So presale is you can now. buy it now so at Ramsey Solutions, and we'll ship them Tuesday. That's what it amounts to. Yes. So uh, they'll start they'll start being on the shelves officially on Tuesday, and you'll find them 
wherever great kids' books are sold, and certainly RamseySolutions.com. In other news, on the other side of the spectrum, Mint is shutting down. The uh, best, the largest budgeting app, our every dollar is the best budgeting app by far. <laughs> it's, uh, but there's about, you know, there's about four or five people in this space uh, of budgeting apps that are uh, of size. We're certainly one of them with every dollar. Mint has been the big dog for a while. Uh, Intuit uh, owns it. Uh, they bought a few years ago Credit Karma, and they've been using Mint as a feeder to Credit Karma. They were using using a free budgeting tool with Mint, and they just wear you out inside of Mint to get you to take on debt products and to worry about your credit score with Credit Karma, and they're always peddling you credit cards and everything else. And apparently they uh, gave up on the budgeting thing. So Mint is shutting down. Mint, the budgeting app owned by Intuit, is shutting down. Intuit announced on Tuesday that Mint will get absorbed into Intuit's other service, Credit Karma, when it officially goes away on January the 1st. It's not clear whether Credit Karma will get the budgeting features that Mint is known for. Actually, it is clear because on a support page on Credit Karma's website, Intuit says the new experience in Credit Karma does not offer the ability to set monthly and category budgets. There we go. So it's go. not their credit karma has got an experience, but it's not a budgeting experience. So uh, we invite all of you that were on Mint uh, to come check out Every Dollar. It's free to check it out, and if you want the bank connectivity, there's a small fee to do that uh, for the uh, further enhanced experience with Every Dollar. Every Dollar is by far the most robust, elegant um, budgeting app out there. It was it's a lot better than Mint was, to say the least. But um, Mint is 100% free. Uh, Intuit also owns some of the connectivity software that uh, connects to banks. And uh, so we actually used to, when every dollar first started, we used to rent their connectivity for our connectivity. And we moved off of their uh, platform, thank goodness, because now we'd be screwed like you people that are in Mint. you got all your budgeting stuff in Mint now. So uh, you can come on over to every dollar. We welcome you. And uh, my goodness. We're excited to uh, it's welcome. It's kind of a big deal in the budget in our world. Some people may be like, oh, "Okay," but I'm like, "Well, they paid a, they paid 170 million dollars for this." They went into it, bought it a few years ago, yeah. uh, as a, a purely as a lead magnet. It, right, it's there just to draw customers into their debt products like credit card and into mm-hmm. the credit cards. And so, Intuit bought paid almost 200 million dollars for it, and then, um, gosh, I, I don't know how many years ago that was. It's probably 10 or so years ago, but. Um, they should have called me. I would have bought it from them. But oh well, not for one hundred seventy million. Like, I wouldn't have paid them that. Wouldn't have paid them that for it. But before you shut it down, and get nothing. I'd give you something, you know. And uh, so, but anyway, y'all can come over. We'd we don't love need to it have though. It. We got every dollar. Well, I, we don't need it, but I'd love to help all those people. Yeah. And yeah. so that's the thing. So yeah, any of you that are there, spread the word uh, that every dollar still is the. It's the only one of the top budgeting apps that does have a free feature that you can just jump into it for free. So uh, uh, I recommend the premium. It's much better because when you connect to your bank, the transactions show up automatically and you just drop them into your budget. It's much better. It's worth a few dollars to do that. But uh, we have to pay for that service, so you have to pay us for that service. That's how that works. So, But um, it's such a – especially for those of you listening that are kind of newer to all of this – I'm telling you, getting in the rhythm of budgeting, it gives you that level of control because money can feel so out of control if you don't have a plan, if you don't know what's going on. And it just feels like this like 
mystery, when things are just in your head, I think they are magnified, the fear, the disillusion, all of it. And so having facts down and seeing your numbers and just knowing, knowing what the month is, knowing what you're planning to do in food for groceries and restaurants and, you know, kids, you know, Christmas presents coming up. We have a we have a Christmas line item in our budget for this month because we're gonna start buying Christmas gifts. I'm like, there's just something about having that control. And you guys, I mean, I and I do literally open up every dollar every single day. And I'm a free spirit spender. So like I'm probably the least likely to be the one that like loves budgeting. But every dollar has just been in this rhythm for me and you track transactions. And even you know if, what's going on. I'm like, it's just it is the it's the it's the first thing to get started. Like if even you if you're in this, a freak out zone. It yes. takes a lot of the freak out away. I almost wanted to tell Elliot that where I'm like, you'll know where your money's going if you if you do every dollar, like do a budget. Yeah. And it just gives you this sense of control. And it does make you say no at times. Mm-hmm. And we all hate that. Well, we don't it, wanna, it makes you, but it, you know live. that you should na- say no. Yes. It doesn't say no. That's true. That's true. That's true. You know, you are saying no to you because you want to say yes to you later. And, and that's a, you're that. making a decision on purpose instead of by chaos. Mm-hmm. Here's the weird thing. The opposite of good times or the thing that is more stressful than bad times is not knowing. Yes. Not knowing where you are is much more anxiety inducing than knowing where you are and knowing in detail that it's bad. And that you can get out of it, right? Even, then but you even, can if, it, the even plan. if it's bad, knowing is less stressful yeah. than, oh, I have no idea. Because the drama gets all twisted up in your head and you do a little mm-hmm. drama queen dance between your ears and blow everything out of proportion. <laughs> And so, but when you write it down, when you put it down, you go, okay, I got enough for food. I got enough for lights and water. I, I can pay the car payment. I can pay the rent and the, t- the mortgage. Oh, so I'm only stressed about these three things, not instead of 38 things. Yeah, isn't that interesting? This is The Ramsey Show. I saw some recent financial statistics, and there was some pretty troubling news. When families were asked how long it would be before they faced financial hardship if a spouse died, nearly one-third said they'd be in trouble immediately. Another 44% said they'd be financially drained within six months. People, it does not have to be this way. Term life insurance plans are just plain cheap, and companies have made it even easier by not requiring exams in many cases. There really is no excuse to leave your family in this situation by not having life insurance. This is why I talk about Xander Insurance every day. They're committed to protecting families with the only products that I recommend. And their team keeps the entire process simple and affordable. Go to Xander.com for quick online pricing or call 800-356-4282. This has to be a priority. If your family is in this situation, you need to get this done. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author. My daughter is my co-host today. Kara is with us in Newark, New Jersey. Hi, Kara. How are you? Hi, Dave and Rachel. I'm doing well. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just a little bit nervous. That's okay. Oh, We've never lost a patient. What you got? You're good, Kara. <laughs> so actually, it's kind of funny. Um, I tried to get in last week to call, but um, I just couldn't get through. And I just want to really express gratitude to the screener for letting me be on today. Um, it's the timing is very funny, um, because basically, uh, eight years ago, my boyfriend and I moved in together and I, um, ended up accidentally getting pregnant and we basically just reacted to life 
<laughs> we, you know, just everything that came up and we, you know, re- reaction, 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 finance, finance. Uh, here we sit today and I'm, I'm very blessed. We have, you know, um, two very healthy, beautiful little girls and a home. But we also have $100,000 of various debt and a mortgage. And coincidentally, we had been planning this for a little bit, but we're actually going to town hall tonight to get our marriage certificate and to move forward as a legally married couple. Oh, um, congratulations. Well, congrats. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. No, we, we, we never like not planned on getting married. It just, you know, when you're, you've got, you know, two kids, 18 months apart, it's, you know, like John. You Delaney just didn't says. plan on anything. It, yes, yes, <laughs> and we, you know, I have to say we ended up okay. Like I said, we're healthy. We have a beautiful home, this and that, but like, we're ready to do, you Good. know, we've done things our way yeah. for so long and we're ready to do things the right way. Well, I'm so, happy for you. Congratulations. How can we help you? So I guess my question was, I'm a newer ish listener. Um, and I just, I understand the practical of, okay, yeah, you go to the bank, you, you, you know, you have a joint bank account, but I would just love to hear your thoughts on combining finances for the first time as, you know, as a couple. I know there's probably a lot of people out there who are like me, yeah. Um, yeah. Who've, you know, been shacking up as, you know, you were saying, but, uh, I, you know, what is your advice on taking that step and combining finances and moving forward? Yeah. That way. Well, I think it's a great question because, yeah, combining the finances happens when you are legally married. So just like what you're doing is exactly right, um, just from so many different stances. Um, so I think, yeah, the I mean, the yeah, the logistics of it, you know, of getting a joint bank account, you guys combining that, uh, budgeting together, you know, all of that is is pretty, you know, in a sense, self-explanatory. But I think the bigger underlying picture of all of that is knowing that you are on the same team with the value system around money. And so I think what happens with a lot of couples is one feels like being that they're being controlled by one spouse. One spouse goes and spends whatever they want. Um, one wants to go on vacation while one wants to upgrade the car. You know, So there's just all these different things pulling at a couple. And so as much as you guys can be on the same page with just your values and sitting down and saying, hey, you know, it could be something as simple as like, what are the five things that we believe about money? What are the five principles we want to live by? What are the things that we want to see as our family that we want? Goals, values, like all of those kind of conversations. And, you know, and it can look like, hey, we don't want to have debt. We, you know, maybe a goal is we're going to get out of debt. And a value is that we're not going to use debt in our family. Maybe it's that for these girls, you know, we have a goal to maybe help pay for their college when they're 18. And that's a goal we're going to shoot for. You may want to model generosity before them. We want to be givers. Yes. We want to, and what our does family that wants like? to be generous. We want yeah. to be a generous family. Yeah. So combining it, you know, I think the value system, combining those together uh, is really important. And then also to know Kara, you know, and I know you know this because you've been with him for eight years, but, you know, people are opposites too. So like forever and ever, amen, my husband will always love having four Excel sheets, looking at all different parts of our money all the time. And I don't want to look at those, you know, even though I'm the one that teaches about money every day. I'm like, I don't want to, but that will always be him. And that will always be me. And that's okay. He's the nerd. She's the free spirit. Yeah, We're going to have different interests and our involvement to the detail of it. But overall, as our family, we see ourselves as one and we're moving in the same direction from a value standpoint. 
And then the tactical side does play in that I think is important that you guys, yeah, you you see yourselves as one income, that it's not just his income, your income, that together we are yeah. this family, we are one in that. And you change, you change your pronouns. Change the pronouns, sit down and do a budget we, together. We have $100,000 of debt. We yeah. have a household income of X. We are doing this, not his truck my truck now we still call it his car my car at my house because it's the one that sharon drives but we understand that we own those cars and um i've actually owned a car that she has not has never driven i've owned it three years until the other night and she finally drove the little sports car home oh funny and i was scared to death uh, but uh, yeah but she she She's drove a better it, driver so than you i couldn't breathe I but, you yeah, it's still our car right and so yeah you got to change your pronouns and you're going to put the whole thing our income into this account we're going to take care of our bills address our fears address our dreams and make sure they're aligned with our values what this forces you all to do is to reconcile the differences in the way you were brought up the differences in the way you view the world one's a nerd one's a free spirit one's a man one's a woman they see things differently uh the differences in these things are have to be reconciled it forces you to do that so it forces you to deepen your relationship when you combine your accounts so it's an excellent question given the uh momentous occasion that is today for you thank you i uh, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm resonating with all of that. I am definitely the the nerd. I guess you know. I'm. Yeah, I, you made I, this I phone call. Paper, <laughs> yeah, you well, called the Ramsey show on the day you're getting married, <laughs> and you want to know about money. You're definitely the nerd. Free Spirit would have yeah. never called today. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. So great. And Kara, I, I'm the nerd. I would have done that. I'm planning out everything Kara, all the we're time. We're going to give you a wedding gift, ah, and we're we going to give you Financial Peace University and Every Dollar Premium together because you guys sit down and go through these nine lessons together uh join a class they're doing classes now by season of life so you guys can do the newlyweds a bunch of newlyweds in there uh, but do that go through this because this that will give you guys the, a common language too especially when you do something together like that where you're watching these videos you're going through these exercises do that together because that's a great foundation and then every dollar premium that's just it's yeah. amazing how old are your babies Seven and five. Okay. We're also going to send you Rachel's oh, yeah. brand new book. I'm glad for what I have for the five-year-old. Okay. Thank you so much. Now, you're the first. Really that's the first one of those we've ever given I'm away. I'm so glad. Yes. What a great wedding gift. Very cool. Thank you. All Thanks. right. You hang on. Uh, we'll have Austin pick up. And since he was so nice to you before, now he's even going to be nicer and <laughs> give you a bunch of free stuff. So. Um, Congrats, Kara. Yeah. And I just appreciate you even asking that question. And especially given your situation, you guys have been together for eight years. You could have legally had the document and kept living as you did, but you're feeling this shift of what marriage does mm -hmm. of, oh mm -hmm. my gosh, there's this level of unity that I want and I want something different. And you guys, you said you had like $100,000 in debt and a mortgage and all of this, right? So you're kind of at this cusp of like, okay, this is a new season. It's a new, it's a new life for you guys. This is one of those mile marker points yeah. that you can put in your story and say, okay, this it. No, in November, we got married. We started changing the way we're handling money. And that's going to trickle into other parts of your life yeah. too, Kara, which I'm excited about for it's you guys. Increase communication. One of the few things you can find a, a total agreement on when surveyed ladies that are married, they ask, what would you like more? And they said 97% of the ladies surveyed, 97%, that's all of them. So you know what they want? More communication. 
to which the guy said, <laughs> right? And so, um, yeah, but more communication. You want to, let me give you a great communication tool where you actually communicate feelings and you actually communicate things that matter and passions and dreams. It's called a budget. It forces you to communicate about every detail of your freaking life. And so Schedules, it's a it's a communication stuff, tool. school stuff. I mean, oh yeah, it's it all, all in there. comes out there. Where are we going for Thanksgiving? Which parents' house? It's in the budget. <laughs> it makes you makes you decide. This is the Ramsey Show. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney, and one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life, anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, my co-host today. Brett is in Providence, Rhode Island. Hi, Brett. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Hi. How can we help? Um, so I we are moving, um, and we're selling the house, and we're making a profit on it. And um, recently... I have been seeing your show on like uh, little clips and I've been changing my mindset of maybe, you know, having lease vehicles isn't the best and smartest uh, decision I've ever made. And uh, also though, there's, we have a plan to use a good portion of the money uh, from selling the house to use that as a down payment uh, after a year of us renting because we don't know the area. We're moving mm-hmm. down to Orlando, cool. so we're trying to get a, you know, it didn't feel right, sight unseen, just to purchase a house type okay. thing. Mm-hmm. So we're like, we'll rent there, Smart. get a feel for the area, you know, know where where we want to be school wise. That sounds wise. Um, so how so, much is how much are you going to get out of the house? What's going to be the cash in your hand? I'm guessing anywhere between fifty and sixty thousand. Okay, and what's it take to pay off your cars? Um, to pay off, we want to be able to pay off both of them. If, uh, so I have, you, you, have, you owe more than $60,000 on your cars. Uh, well, they're leases. So I know, but they have, they have a payoff. Them, they have an early buyout provision. Right. If you call and ask for the early buyout, have you done that yet? Uh, yeah. So I know the early buyout for my truck is 49 and uh, the other vehicle is probably around, I would guess, around like 40 or so. Wow. You're deep in some cars, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, what know, is the, uh, I, what's I your household income? Very, um, I do 180 a year. Okay. All right. 
Well, a good rule of thumb, if you want to build wealth, is to not have more than half your annual income tied up in things with motors and wheels. You are right on that bubble. Okay? Yeah. Um, you're not over it, but you got a lot of car debt. Um, and you ain't got much home equity, which is kind of weird with that income. How long have you been making that kind of money? Um, I've been making, uh, I made 160 last year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a little bit of bump. Um, I've only been making this money since like about, I would say 2021. Okay. Um, Just a few years. That makes sense then. Okay. And how old are you? We bought this house. I'm 35. Okay. Yeah, I bought this house with a VA loan, mm-hmm. so we did no money down. Yeah, down I can home. tell. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I uh, uh, purchased the house, and in two years, somehow we're selling it um, for a profit, which is just craziness. But yeah. Brett, I love I love vehicles. I'm a car nut. Um, mathematically, uh, as a financial person, I hate them because they're the largest thing that we all buy that goes down in value, and they go down in value rapidly. And so you've got a lot of money tied up in um, things that go down in value. Uh, And so here's what I would do if I woke up in your shoes. Um, I would sell some of these vehicles, if not both one of them, if not both of them, and move down in vehicle to have less money tied up in things going the wrong way so that I can put more money into something that's going up in value, which is the purchase of your home. Uh, So I, I would pay off one and sell one and get you an inexpensive car to drive and pile up cash during this year for your down payment. Uh, if I, if I were in your shoes, uh, if Do you have you, any money saved, Brett? Um, no. Um, because obviously with moving and expenses, um, our savings has been burned, burned right. paying for, you know, transportation of one of the vehicles because yeah. we're driving, but we can't drive both vehicles and, you know, paying for a pod to transport. Uh, yeah, but all of that, but still, you're making almost yeah. $200,000 a year, and you had no money. You just had ten, fifteen thousand bucks to make the move was all, and you burned it. So you've got yeah. to get some money back in your hands because you put it all into vehicles. And so uh, I want you to make $175,000, $200,000 a year and have some money, uh, not be broke. And, and that's what I, if I were, if that's what I would like for you, you know, I love you. I want you to win. And that's what I want for you. So if I were in your shoes, as much as I love a nice truck and I've got a, I've got a Ford Raptor that is an absolute beast. It's an amazing vehicle. I love cars. Um, and, and so, but, but I'm not going to love them so much that they eat me alive and they, yours are eating you up, man. It, yeah. Cause it's the, 90 grand and yeah, you got $90,000 tied up and your house had nothing down and you barely had enough cash to move. And this and you make a lot of money, so I want you to make a lot of money and have some, and and not be feeding these beasts. So, um, I'm probably selling the expensive one, paying off the inexpensive one, getting a a, a very inexpensive cash car down in Orlando. And, and so in Orlando, so you don't have to even transport them. Yeah, probably too late. They're probably already moved. But the uh but either way and just be be free of all this it's because if you're sitting there with no car payments and you're renting you can stack some serious cash for your yep. down payment now yep and um and then and just don't be draw a line in the sand it says i pay cash for things from now on yeah and don't be afraid to rent for two years if you guys have to to because yeah. you felt the pain of putting nothing down 
yeah. and not having a lot of equity. So even if you guys kind of slow pace it into that move, that's okay too. But if you got no payments in the world and you make 200, stack a hundred. I mean, live yeah. on, I mean, oh darn, I have to live on a hundred thousand in Orlando. I don't know if I can do that or not. Of course you can. People do it every day. So, I mean, yeah, stack a hundred in a year, you know, uh, and that's a pretty strong downstroke for a house. Mm-hmm. That'll put you in a good place or wait two years and stack 200. Yeah. That'd be pretty neat. This is the kind of thing you can do when you're not giving it all to the car company in the form of a fleece. So Brett, you'd already come to these conclusions, but I probably took you, uh, about four notches along the radical steps, uh, the, you know, took you a little bit more radical than you wanted to go when you called in, be careful what you wish for when you call the show <laughs> boys and girls. But, um, that's what I would do, man. Uh, just, just cause here's the thing. For a long time, I drove cars I really hated because they were crappy and they were hoopties. And I drove like no one else so that later I can drive anything I freaking want to. You live like no one else so that later you can live and give like no one else. And so you you pay a price to win. You sacrifice to get yourself in a position because making that kind of money, dude, in five or six years, you could be a millionaire if you watch what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So talk through, because we, we always say, and it's been proven that leasing is the most expensive way to finance a vehicle. So talk through the lease aspect of it, just from like the, the the numbers standpoint of basically renting before you have to buy it out. When you finance a vehicle, the federal truth in lending laws, the regulations require them to hand you a sheet that shows you what your APR is, the interest rate they're ripping you off with. Okay. When you lease a vehicle, you don't own it. So you're not technically borrowing money under the law. So they do not have to disclose the interest that they are charging you, but there is an interest calculation because you can take the actual cost of the car versus the stream of payments called your lease payments versus the pro- the price at the closed end lease at the back end. These are three or four financial variables. I can put them in my financial calculator and back into what your interest rate is. It's called the capitalization rate because it's not technically interest. But as we've done that in this industry now, we found that the typical car lease in America is being capitalized at 14.2%. So you're borrowing money at subprime rates when you lease a car. But people, people that lease cars, and I'm not picking on Brett because he's come to the conclusion that this doesn't work. But, uh, you know, to answer mm-hmm. your question yeah, further, yeah. this is no, not aimed it. at Brett. This is just talking about the subject, right? Brett, thank you for calling. We appreciate you. When you lease a car, you're not asking what the interest rate is. You're the people that ask how much down and how much a month. What's the least amount per month and the least amount down, and I can drive this car? Rich people ask how much. Poor people and broke people ask how much down and how much a month. And that's what drives you into the lease. The lease is the most expensive thing on the car lot. That's why the car companies push them so hard, because they make more money on those than they do on the stinking car. That's it. It's math. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, 
number one best-selling author multiple times and co-host of the Smart Money Happy Hour on the Ramsey Network's podcast with George Camel. She's my co-host today and my daughter. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Heather starts this hour in Tampa, Florida. Hi, Heather. How are you? Well, I'm better than I deserve. Good for you. I love it. How can we help? Yes. Um, so I'm just trying to come up with a good investment plan. Um, both my husband and I, we've been married now 20 years this month. And um, I'm always just trying to look for better opportunities to try to keep, um, you know, uh, investment up. And while we still kind of work, you know, job to job, we kind of work paycheck to paycheck. And so um, I have uh, Apple stock that I invested in many years ago. And I have a uh, good wealth since we've been in Apple stock. We have tripled since we started. And um, we also have two Roth R IRAs, each just only 6000 for him, 8000 for me. And um, we got about $20,000 in savings. And so I was trying to figure out, I also do have just um, a house that we just bought. Um, and so we're paying on that and two cars is what we have, uh, no other debt, just those things. And so I was trying to figure out in my mind what I could do with my savings instead of making it so unproductive, just sitting in the account, you know, I have only $20,000 in savings, but would it be best to pay off a car? Would it be best, um, to, uh, cash out the Apple stock because, you know, of concerns, they always say around election time specifically with the crash. They always talk about that happening. So I'm just trying to get a better idea because I spoke with my financial advisor and he suggested maybe money market funds. And I'm not very wise as far as financially. Okay. Um, money market funds for the 20000 yeah, he wasn't saying the full 20000 He was like, you could start out putting 10000 in money market funds, which, like I said, I'm not very familiar with it. Yeah. Well, money market fund is a fancy savings account. It doesn't pay much. Mm-hmm. It pays more than a bad savings account at a bank. It's basically a high-yield savings account is what it is. So um, mm-hmm. they're still not paying big money. Now, here's the thing. What we teach, Heather, is that your most powerful wealth-building tool is your income. Okay. Your income right now is going to two car payments. If you had those car payments going into investments every month, you would be building wealth pretty rapidly. Mm-hmm. So our first goal is going to be to clear those car payments. What do you owe on your cars? So, um, it's about, uh, 16,000 and 18,000. Wow. Okay. And you've only got 20. What's your household income? Right. Um, my household income is about a little over a hundred thousand. Good. Okay. A year. All right. Mm-hmm. So if I woke up in your shoes, we teach a process to get you to wealth by getting you out of debt called the baby steps. Baby step one is a thousand dollars in the bank. Now, how much do you have in Apple stock? What is it valued at today? If you cash it in 21,000. Excellent. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. This is going to jar your system. Can you hold on to your chair for a second? Because I'm getting ready to knock you out of the chair. Okay. Here we go. You ready, you ready for the ride? Ready, set, go. Here we go. You ready? 
Oh, my. Just be, right. be kind. <laughs> I'm going to be kind, but it's going to scare the crap out of you. Are you ready? I'm cashing yes. in the Apple stock and the 20000 and paying off my cars today. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> Can you breathe? <laughs> well, of course. I mean. Now, that would be stupid if you don't do the next thing. And the next thing is, the first thing you got to do now is rebuild your emergency fund, which is what that 20000 is. It's not supposed to make any money. It's supposed to sit there and keep life off of your head because life's going to come and land on your head, and you will need a helmet, and that's what the 20000 bucks is. It's the umbrella in the rain because some days it rains. So you need a rainy day fund. That's your 20000 It's not supposed to be making you a bunch of money. But right now we're paying off a car with it, so it doesn't matter. So the cars are gone. Any money that we don't have in a retirement account. Thank you. And you'll have 7000 left after that. Yeah. So I'm gonna, you'll still I'm gonna start, start your, your emergency start fund. Start your emergency that, fund. Which is great. I do want to set that over in a money market or a high yield, and I want you to get about 20000 back in there. That's your three to six months of expenses. That's baby step three. Now you don't have any payments, and you've got that. So now we've got to start investing which is 15% of your income. That'd be $15,000 a year, 1100 bucks a month going in your company 401ks with a match in good mutual funds or sit down with your broker or get a new one and sit down and get your uh, your Roth IRAs going into good mutual funds. And which I will want- be easy, Heather, because there's no car payment. To, to your point earlier, Yep. And then you freed up so much income. Do you know what I mean? Month to month, Heather. And so those Roth IRAs that have six in one and eight in the other, you're going to start seeing lots of traction in that. And it's. Yeah, you start a adding $1,000, $1,500 a month to your retirement plan. That's $15,000, $18,000 a year making a hundred grand. Then, um, and, and if you got a match at work and these mutual funds go up, this year it would have made a little over 10% this year, year to date. If you put it in January 1 to right now, you would have made 10% on good mutual funds. And whoever's talking to you about a stock market crash, quit listening to those fools. Okay? Stock market's not going to crash. It goes up and it goes down. It goes up and it goes down. In election time, it is always crazy. There's always been stupid people in Washington of both brands. And there's still stupid people in Washington of both brands. Some, right now, some of them are more stupid than normal, but they're stupid people in Washington, okay? So that's never that's not a new that's not new information. No, but to her point, election time, people do like things do kind of stall out. People hold, they watch, I know, they see. But you know, the so stock you may, market doesn't crash on election. No, it year. doesn't. No, it doesn't crash. But you're going to see a little bit of that volatility, and that's normal. You can go back to basically every election year, every four years, and you see the same thing. So it doesn't mean it's going to crash. But it yeah, goes up, it goes down. And you're in the right. You're in the right of it all. Yeah. So you just you ride just it ride, out. Ride, you're just dumping eleven hundred yeah. bucks, twelve hundred bucks a month. 1400 bucks a month every single month and automatically out of your check into your 401k with a match or into Roth IRAs and, and Heather and I think Heather you're you're a prime example that so many people experience with their money honestly you're trying to do like five different things you got a single yep. stock here you're trying to do some retirement you got car payments you have a little bit of money here savings and it's like I, you feel so scattered versus clearing it all out and saying boom 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 and then you can now Tomorrow, or after the emergency fund's fully funded, after that 7000 you can fully focus on retirement. You have one thing to do at a time, and that's what gives you power and less of this like bizarre feeling that you probably feel with your money. Yeah, if you pay off the cars and have 7000 left over today, by, by the end of the year, you'll have your 20000 
and in January, you'll start saving 15% from this point forward of your income going into retirement, you'll retire wealthy if you'll do those things. But you got to be on a budget to do it. you got to be in agreement with your husband. And no more borrowing on stupid cars. Stop it. This is The Ramsey Show. So here's a quick math refresher. There are only 24 hours in a day, so your business needs to streamline tasks that are time suckers and focus on activities that make money. So to reduce headaches as they scale, smart businesses use NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite helps you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform. So join the more than 37,000 smart businesses like Ramsey Solutions that have done the math and graduated to NetSuite. And right now you can download NetSuite's KPI checklist absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Ramsey. That's netsuite.com slash Ramsey. Well, a lot of happening things around the Ramsey organization these days. The Ramsey Cash Christmas Cash Giveaway has started. You can win one of our $500 weekly prizes between now and Christmas every single week and or the grand prize of $5,000 given away the week of Christmas. All you got to do is enter. And you can enter up to once a day, every day at RamseySolutions.com slash giveaway. You can also check out the uh, great gift ideas at the uh, Ramsey store at RamseySolutions.com. We've got a $12 sale is going, and that's all the uh, number one best-selling books that we have had out over the past years, like The Total Money Makeover, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, Baby Steps Millionaires, Know Yourself, Know Your Money, Rachel's number one, uh, last number one anyway and uh all you know, the book we did that was a number one together smart kids smart money smart kids that was her first number one uh and man th- those books all of those books every book i've done is in there twelve dollars the questions for humans cards with dr john deloney the christmas edition is back those are ten dollars all kinds of fun gifts and lots of new things there on the website dr john deloney's uh brand new number one bestseller building a non-anxious life is on there uh you can get george's new book pre-sale breaking free from broke and uh launching next tuesday rachel's brand new children's book i'm glad for what i have great christmas gift mm-hmm. especially for the, for the uh the five-year-old four, what is it, six years old and down probably yeah and honestly the message is great for parents for the yeah. adults too so you adults get this and read I it over and over great. to yourself <laughs> and get some contentment i i need the message so i wrote it i was like it's all good for us to remember it's all good i'm glad for what i have the brand new children's book by rachel cruz comes out tuesday so it's in the store for christmas as well it's all there and free money you just can't beat it go to ramseysolutions.com slash giveaway to register for the free money our question of the day is brought to you by neighborly your hub for home services with 19 service brands nationwide 
And today's question... Neighborly's, I'm sorry, Neighborly's network of local providers has trusted service professionals to handle multiple different services in and around your home. Visit neighborly.com slash Ramsey to find and schedule a service today. And today's question comes from Warren in Washington, D.C. I have a large amount of debt. Wouldn't it be better to file for bankruptcy to have a fresh start and then build wealth instead of taking years to pay off debt and then start to build wealth? When is bankruptcy a good option? Uh, we would say in the very, very, very rare case is bankruptcy an option because uh, most of the time it is a you problem and bankruptcy doesn't solve a you problem. It may wipe debts away, not your student loans, and then it's on your record for a while. Uh, but the problem is usually when it comes to money, it's us. It's the person handling it. And so while in one sense it could sound like an easy um, exchange, I'll take bankruptcy for the no debts it doesn't change the pattern of what caused you to get in there in the first place. And, and most of the time we find people can get out of debt. I mean, rare, I don't, I mean, it's only been a handful of times on this show that you've ever even uh, entertained the idea of giving someone advice for bankruptcy. Yeah. I, I, I don't tell people to file bankruptcy and I don't tell people to file divorce um, with the exception of uh, a situation where the wife is a punching bag because her husband's scum in that case, file divorce, get out of there. He's scum. Uh, but other than that, I don't tell people to do the stuff like this. I don't make decisions like that for you on this show. I will tell you that you should file bankruptcy about as often as you should file for a divorce, which is almost never. If you have a big fight with your wife, you don't go file for divorce. It's a, we've been through a rough patch this, this summer. You don't go file for a divorce. You work it out. You sit down with a marriage counselor. You sit down with your pastor. You read a marriage book or six, um, and you work on it, and you learn how to do it, and you fix it. And the same thing's true with your money. Now, that's from a guy that did file bankruptcy, but we fought two and a half years to keep from filing bankruptcy. They were down to, we've been sued 78 times before we filed bankruptcy. They were coming to take the furniture out of our house, and Rachel was two months old. And I decided they're not taking the baby bed. I fought this for two and a half years. I've sold everything we owned. I've done everything we could do. I took it all the way to the bottom, and then we filed for bankruptcy in September of 1988. And uh, that's what started this whole Ramsey movement, by the way, was my stupidity. So, uh, and, and I fought it all the way to the bottom. I, I now know things that I didn't know then that I could have done further. There's some techniques I could have used, some dance steps, dance moves I could have used to, uh, to delay it even further. And I might have made it through, if I'm knowing what I know now. But, um, but I didn't know. I was out of gas. And, and yours get, was all real estate. Not beat out. Yeah, it was all real estate. It oriented. wasn't consumer. But either, I didn't but. have any consumer debt, hardly at all. Um, I borrowed on the cars to buy houses, so I didn't have car payments, but I had car payments. But um, so, but anyway, all all that aside, you're uh, uh, Warren. You're not bankrupt. Your bankruptcy is not a technique for building wealth. It's like life insurance is not a technique for building an estate. You don't buy life insurance to leave your children something because that doesn't work. It leaves the insurance company stuff is what it does. So, no, you're, you're not bankrupt. You need to take the years to pay off the debt. As a matter of fact, you need to take months instead of years because you get six jobs. And um, the person that you become, Warren, while you fight your way through this is much more important than any mathematical equation that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. The toughness and the perseverance 
that will be required of you to work your way through this is going to make you into the man that will be able to build and manage wealth in the next chapter of your life. But this is not a, I'm just going to dust this off. Get out and a free jail away. card. Kind it's, not of thing. A, it's not, yeah. a, you know, that's childish. And no, you don't use bankruptcy that way. And by the way, the way the bankruptcy laws are written right now, if you've got a big income and this debt's just an inconvenience to you and you go in, you think you're going to file bankruptcy and wipe out the stuff, the, de- the bankruptcy laws are written now where you, they're going to take you out of that Chapter 7 and put you in a Chapter 13 and make you pay payments. A Chapter 13 is a payment bankruptcy lasts five years, 60 months. There are formulas that the law has in place, the regulations have in place, that force you to do that. There's mathematical tests, and it forces you into paying payments. And so if you have the ability to pay payments and just don't want to, um, the law doesn't allow you to do that anymore. It's going to smack you upside the head and make you pay payments anyway in bankruptcy. So then you got double dumb. You got payments and you got bankruptcy. So you got absolutely no traction. You got none of your little idea worked. So no, you're not bankrupt. Yes, you need to roll up your sleeves and fight through this. Yes, you need to sell so much stuff the kids think they're next. Yes, you need to work all the time. Yes, you need to get the scissors out and place them across the credit cards and press hard repeatedly. It's called plastic surgery. You need to get out of the debt business. You've got to learn what caused you to get here and then fight your way through. It's what happened to us afterwards. Afterwards, we had to start over and we had to learn what happened so that I'm never back there again. And I'm just going to start fresh. It's not going to work, dude. The law's not going to let you, and uh, and it, you, you're going to miss out on who Warren would have become. Well, yeah, because you don't change, and that that's why we even are cautious when people get a lump sum of money, whether from like an insurance settlement or um, you know um, from uh, what is it when when someone passes an in, estate? No, an yeah. insurance uh, uh, life insurance insurance. Inheritance. That's what I was thinking of. In inheritance. inheritance. Yeah. But when people call and they have a sum of money and they're like, I can go and pay off my debt. We're like, okay, that's great. Because yes, we want you debt free and yeah. you can use it. But also you have to just be careful in that when there's a sweep of something that happens that comes through. Again, you're not changing who you are and you're the one that got yourself in this position. And so the beauty of the sacrifice through all of that is you change with it. So on the other end, you feel the pain that you've walked through versus having one big sweep that just kind of takes care of everything. So that's always even the word of caution with, yeah, if you're getting an insurance settlement or an inheritance or something like that, just to be cautious that it's still you handling that money. And if you haven't changed, your money situation might not change either. Yeah. I'll go a step further. If you can pay your bills and you just refuse to, that's stealing. That's stealing. It's unethical. This is The Ramsey Show. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Nicholas is with us. Hi, Nicholas. How are you? Great. How are you, Dave? Better than I deserve. Welcome. Where do you live? York, Pennsylvania, which is a small town outside of the capital of Harrisburg. Absolutely. Welcome to Nashville. It's a bit of a haul down here. Just a little bit. <laughs> Good to have you. So how much debt have you paid? $56,610.32. Way to go. Awesome. How long did that take? 25 months. All right. And your range of income during that two years? Started at 56000 and and this year at about eighty. Wow. Good for you. What do you do for a living? 
I'm in retail management and I have a small business that I run as well. Cool. What's your business? We, uh, we sell seat inserts for race car drivers. It helps reduce the risk of spinal injury when there's a crash. Yeah. Wow. wow. That's yes. awesome. Good yes. for you. What kind of debt was the 57000 It's 44000 student loans and then 12000 business loan. Okay. All nice. right. Good for you. How old are you? 24. And no payments in you. the world. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. Good for you. Absolutely amazing. So tell us the story. How did all this happen and how'd you get connected to Ramsey and decide to be a weird 24-year-old <laughs> with no debt? So I was in college and I was a huge personal finance nerd. So I was watching a lot of content and I know, Dave, you have a very thick skin, I'm sure, after 30 years, but it's like these people are bashing this Dave Ramsey guy. Maybe I, maybe I should check it out. So I think it's important to listen to other perspectives, and I really appreciated how you guys uh, spread the message of helping others who are struggling and, and devise a plan for, for those who are in need and, and especially in debt. So flash forward uh, shortly after graduation, not making the, uh, the smartest decisions. I had $50 in my bank account, and I was at the casino, and uh, last $400 I had, and that was my oh crap moment, you know, time to get serious and time to really buckle down and, and follow the plan. So that's what uh, that's where it all started. So it turns out the casino is not a wealth building method. It is not. <laughs> yeah. You know, the fun thing about some of those haters in our space um, is I, I've met many of them over the years and they don't really hate me. I'm just really good clickbait. Yes. <laughs> you know, so if you put Dave Ramsey in the title of your thing, it just shows up everywhere. It's just really good for your thing. So the reason they hate on me is it helps them. You know, that's why the, that's why a lot of them do it. They don't even really disagree. They just It's just easier to disagree than it is because they don't get any lift if they agree. So it doesn't help their social media presence. So anyway, all right, cool. So 57000 is paid off. You got connected to us because we were the weird ones in the space. Now you're the weird one in the space because you're debt-free. Most 24-year-olds are walking around going, I don't know what I'm going to do. And you actually had a clue, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, and you look at your income and what you paid off. I'm like, you, you did a lot. You did a lot of just sacrifice. So what would you say to 24-year-olds out there that are like, oh, we just want to enjoy life and just move at the speed of whatever we want like you because you were i mean you were, were on a plan on. yeah yes so i think it comes down to three things um sacrifice work ethic and vision so i went to a state school just happened to be one of the more expensive ones in pennsylvania and um so from there uh got a good degree got a good job but you know that's not always enough and i uh, wish i would have found you guys earlier in my college college years but um, so that's kind of where the work ethic comes in and really just long hours, long days, sometimes 12, 14 straight days. I was up so early sometimes, uh, in my hometown, the, the lights weren't even working. It was the blinking yellow, yeah, you yeah. know, not even, not even, uh, the red light, uh, yeah. yellow green. So, yeah. but I think work ethic and then vision, you know, Dave, we had this conversation in my head like 56 times already. So, uh, that was the vision that, that helped me get here today so good yeah. how does it feel oh it's incredible it's the incredible. good news about going on the road less traveled is there's no traffic and that includes six o'clock in the morning five o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah with the blinking yellow light yeah that, that's there's nobody there because nobody's willing to pay that price that's why there's nobody out there so you know if i get out where there's a whole bunch of people i'm worried because that means i'm in the wrong place because they're all in the wrong place i know they are so good for you man congratulations thank you what do you tell people the key to getting out of debt is? I think it's um, 
I think it's sacrifice, uh, work ethic, and vision. Those three mm-hmm. things, that combination yeah. and, yeah. Um, you know, making sacrifices, you know, not buying the first car and, and things like that that go a long way, you know. Um, you know, everyone's on their own journey, but, you know, it, it's freeing to know that there's no more payments. Or, oh, yeah. yeah. You know. What do people in your life say as you were in this journey? Were you pretty vocal about it or did you kind of just buckle down yourself? Did you, did you get your own it? haters? Uh, you know, you, you, you need your own haters, man. Um, people were very supportive. I have a very good crew here today, and I'm, I'm very appreciative and grateful that we were able to make the trip down. So, uh, you know, I think there's always haters. I'm sure you guys know that. And um, but a lot of lot of support. Good. Yeah. Good. So is this so family good. and friends or just friends? or? Yes. So my parents, my grandmother, my cousin and his wife and two friends. All right. Awesome. Very so good. Great. Yes. Well, that's, that's perfect. That's good. That's a good support group because it is tough to do this by yourself. You can do it, but it's tough. Right. And because uh, you got to stand up because people think you're weird right. because you are weird. Normal's broke. You know, normal's lazy. Normal's out of control. Normal's chaotic. Uh, so all what, that. What are you going to do now? You're 24, no payments. You'll get your emergency fund in place, right. I'm assuming. <laughs> so, and then beyond that, what's your, what do you want to do? Baby step 3B right now, saving for the down payment, and then looking to do some travel. So obviously we're going to enjoy our Nashville weekend here. Yay! And uh, some international destinations in, in the new year, which I'm looking forward to. Good Where are you going, you. do you know? Uh, Europe for a week with yeah, my buddy Tom. That's and, fun. Uh, yeah, we're going to Barcelona and London. Ah, awesome. both good stops. Yes. You spent some time That's in so Barcelona, great. didn't you? No. No, it was outside of Madrid. Outside of Madrid. That's in right. college. Yeah, she did Back a in the she day. did a little uh, study abroad thing. Back in the which day. Which means I'm on vacation <laughs> and we're paying tuition. That's what that means. But yeah. Sort yeah. of. It was great. It was great. Yeah. Way That's, to go, man. I Congratulations. Know. Congratulations. Thank That's you. huge. Well done. Hey, huge. we've got uh the live and give box for you. It's got the Baby Steps Millionaires book. Because that's definitely where you're going, my man. 24 years old and already rocking it. Well done. Amazing. And the Total Money Makeover book to give away to one of those friends who wasn't sure you were crazy. You'll prove it now. (laughs) And, of course, the uh, Financial Peace University membership. If you haven't been through it, go through it. If you have or don't want to, give it to somebody. It's live and give. That's what the box is for. People buy it all the time to do that. They take some of it and use it. They uh, give away part of it. And so we're going to give it to you to say thanks for being here so proud of you hero thank you well done man Great well job. done Appreciate it's got to feel it. studly yes thank you very much <laughs> good stuff man very cool a lot of hard work absolutely yeah the blinking yellow light man that's a thing <laughs> that's when you know you've been getting it that, that's good i like that a lot i've been there a lot most of my life so very very cool good for you all right it's nicholas york pennsylvania fifty seven thousand dollars paid off in 25 months making 56 to 80 count it down let's hear a debt-free scream three two one i'm debt free yeah! i love it so great rachel i've been saying for years that uh while people uh in my boomer age group have been trashing the gen z and trashing the millennials yes uh that there are ones worthy of being trashed but we also <laughs> run into the good ones oh and yeah we run into them on this debt-free stage quite often these days from 24 to 34 years old and some of them in 34 paying off their home mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff and uh they're for those of you out there you just got to know We've got two 
really good generations. Now, the media paints them with a wide brush, and as somebody lives in their mother's basement or some kind of crap, and that's just not true. I mean, you got a 24-year-old with a blinking yellow light because he's up so stinking early in the morning, busting it, getting it, paying off $57,000 worth of student loans. He's not sitting around whining, sucking his thumb, waiting on Joe Biden to fix his life. He did it. That's a Gen Z right there. And there's a bunch of them. There's a whole bunch like oh, yeah. Nicholas out there. It's not all deadbeats. They're not all off. You know, this. these are two really good generations. I got a bunch of them working here. They're good. Innovated, strong. smart, hardworking. Mission-driven. There we go. Him, Nicholas. That's it, man. Way to go, man. You're an absolute hero. This is The Ramsey Show. Here's the thing about investing advice. You can find it just about anywhere, but that doesn't mean it'll always help you with your personal goals. Here's another option. Check in with a smart investor pro. These financial advisors can review your plan or help create one that's personalized to you. To find a smart investor pro in your area, go to ramseysolutions.com slash smartvestor. Go to ramseysolutions.com slash smartvestor. Ramsey Solutions is a paid, non-client promoter of participating pros. Learn more at ramseysolutions.com slash smartvestor. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey Personality, my co-host today. This is The Ramsey Show, where we talk about your life and your money. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Jay's in Kansas City. Hi, Jay. How are you? I am blessed. How are you, Dave? Better than I deserve. What's up? Well, before I start, I want to thank you for your foundations curriculum for high schoolers and homeschoolers, because without that, I wouldn't be debt-free today. Wow. Oh, wow. Very cool. So, were you a student in it or a teacher? or how did... I, I I took it as a homeschooled student uh, okay. years and years and years ago. Wow, Good that's for fun. for you, Jay. So my question today is I'm baby step four, five, and six. I have about 120000 saved for retirement. That's across my IRA, my Roth IRA, my wife's Roth IRA, and the 401k. How old are you? And I'm uh, 30 years old. Good for you. Well done. Thank you. I feel from what I've been running the numbers with that I'm on the teetering edge of coasting financial independence, and I'm trying to best understand my plan with the end in mind, so how I'm going to turn that nest egg when I retire into income. I found on your website uh, a little article that talks about a 4 to 5% withdrawal rate, and I was trying to run the numbers around that, and I thought I was close, and then about a what was it, a month ago, George Camel released a video that said that the withdrawal rate for a 30-year time horizon should be closer to 3%. So if, if I can establish financial independence comfortably, then I was wondering if I could ease up on baby step four to pay off the house faster. Okay, I'm a little confused because I don't know what the hell George is doing doing a 3% withdrawal rate. Because that's absolutely wrong. I don't. I'm gonna have to find out where that video is and get it taken down. Because um, that's just wrong. You don't need to have a three percent withdrawal rate. That's ridiculous. Um, or I hope you misunderstood. I hope we didn't put out trash like that. Was maybe, it four to five percent? Like maybe, the, no, it shouldn't be four to five percent. It ought to be more than that. I mean, if you're well, making then. twelve in good mutual funds and the S and P is average eleven point eight, and if inflation for the last eighty years has averaged four percent. If you make 12 and you need to leave 4% in there for inflation raises, that leaves you 8. So I'm perfectly comfortable drawing 8. 
But if you want to be a little bit conservative, seven, but sure not five or three. Well, I was trying to back check it because, you know, three to five, I thought that was a big range. And a lot of the studies I found showed well, there's that a lot of studies that are stupid in this space. So it's just so wrong. Can, Listen, man, the math I just gave you is the math. If you're making 12% and inflation is four and you leave four in there, so your nest egg grows by four, it's simple. Eight is what's left over. So if you got a million dollars and you leave 4% in there, that's 40,000 bucks. Okay. So you now have a million forty. So the next year you get your you get a rate of return of twelve percent, eleven and a half percent on the million forty. Mm-hmm. And the next year it'll be you know a million ninety, one point one, right? Because so your nest egg is growing by the rate of inflation, giving you a cost of living raise every year. So as long as you're doing that, you're fine. Uh, and, and so if you would want you, to be a you, little bit conservative, maybe 5%. Would you say but there's all these goobers out there have always put this 4% crap in the market, and I'm just irate right now that we have joined the stupidity. Why is it that stupid, though? Like, I it's just want too to- low. It's too low because it's not realistic. You do not need to live on 4% of your money for your nest egg to survive. Yeah, even if you did a rate of and return set, of 10% and, or something. Yeah, and what it sets up is... This guy now, he, he doesn't he doesn't think he's got enough money. And he's already got $120,000, and he's 30 years old, and he's on a plan. He's on a plan to be very wealthy, and he's worried he's going to have enough money or not. Yeah. You know, because of, because we people, stupid people, put out <laughs> low withdrawal rates. Like you, but listen, wouldn't if you, you rather... If you if you think you can only pull off four percent off of investments making 12, where the flip is the other 8% going? Well, 4% of it went to inflation. That's where it went. The other 4% is just sitting there. So you are growing your investments instead of living off of them. I'm not destroying the nest egg. I'm not even touching the nest egg. I'm growing the nest egg by leaving 4% eight, in there. Yeah. Taking 8 off of a 12 okay, so, growth so rate. So go go a 10% rate of return. Go a little bit more conservative with your rate of return. Go 10%. What would you do with 10%? Well, then 4 off of that. So 6. 6, yeah. But I, why, were you, why are you going to underinvest? Yeah. I mean, this year, the S&P to date was 10%. Is, is 10%, and we're not even at the end of the year yet. Yeah. You know, and and and, and everybody's talking about how bad the economy is. So, you know, I, most years, mine have done much better than 12. And so I'm... But wouldn't I, you... But if you can do your standard of living, though, lower than what you need... Like, if you don't need... If you don't need it, that's fine. Yeah. Like I'm 62, I'm pulling or 63, I'm pulling nothing off of mine. Right. Because I don't need it. I still work. I still have an income. Right. 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 I, I don't need any of it. So but it's all just sitting. But there you growing. could do four percent. The, the problem is, is when you go down these stupid nerd rabbit holes in these Reddit threads with these morons who live in their mother's basement with a calculator, and then you then you put that out into the dadgum community and then people go i don't have enough money it's hopeless i'll never be able to save enough to retire a million dollars should create for you an eighty thousand dollar income boys and girls so you should perpetually like if forever you should be able to pull eighty thousand forever and never destroy it 
Now that that and so when you tell people that a million dollars creates a forty thousand dollar income, you go, oh, I've got to have two million dollars, and I can't make that. Then the, this system yeah, doesn't yeah. work. So what you're doing with this bogus math is you're stealing people's hope. That's why I'm pissed about it because it's hope stealing with super nerds that have never really done anything to start with. They don't have any investments. They just have theories. I've actually freaking got investments. My money is actually invested exactly the way I teach people to invest it. And I'm easily making 12% on my money. Easily. You know, average throughout yeah, a decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's just asinine that we do this stuff. So no, honey, you need to save 15% of your income in baby step four to you get your house paid off. When your house gets paid off, you will increase your investing ratios above that. You are not going to retire poor. Stay away from 4% withdrawal rate morons who are telling you this is the thing. So, God, it's just aggravating. So, I, I, yeah, I can see the hope because ceiling. Because it I, makes people think they need $2 million yes. when they only need a $1 million. Yeah. Or it makes them think they need $8 million when they only need $4 million. Yeah. And here's the way the end of the story is this. No one ever actually ends up ever with what you thought you were going to end up with. Right. Ever. So you're sitting there at 30 or 29 years old, and you're doing these projections, which it's okay to do the projection. Sure, sure. And you project out there, and you go, okay, I'm going to have $1.7 million at this current rate. Yeah, but you know what you haven't factored in is between now and 35 years from now when you're 65, you're going to run into flying monkeys, wicked witches. Have you seen The Wizard of Oz? You're going to be on the yellow brick road and, sometimes. And and, and Glenda sometimes and the wonderful you're going to have witch. Money drop in your hands Who's great? out of nowhere. You're going to make more money than you ever need. You're going to have ruby red slippers sometimes and sometimes you're going to have flying monkeys stealing them. And at the end of the story, you're not your little projection is not accurate. You're going to make a usually most people end up with about 2x of what they thought they were going to end up with if they stay on their plane. Right, right. Because they're playing. Because you never, you know, like here, here. Here's another thing. Here's what happens between thirty and sixty-five. Your income goes up almost every freaking year. Your income goes up. I mean, you think about what people made forty years ago as an average income. When I started this show thirty years ago, the average household income in America was forty. You know what it is now? Seventy-three. That's average. And so if you're just average, your income's going to double. And if you're actually doing these nerd calculations, you're already above average. <laughs> so, oh, my God, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I tell you, the, the, <laughs> the financial industry and their moronic paralysis of the analysis pisses me off to no end. This is The Ramsey Show. From the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual 
amazing relationships. Thank you for joining us, America. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today, number one best-selling author, and my daughter. Open phones here at 888-825-5225. Filippo is with us to start this hour in Los Angeles. Hi, Filippo. How are you? Hi. Great. How are you guys? Better than we deserve. What's up? Uh, so, uh, I'm working my way, uh, we actually, my wife and I are working our way through the baby steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got your book that total money makeover. I'm reading through that. Um, we have the, the, a nice emergency fund for now, about $3,000 in it. And, um, I'm trying to plan out the debt repayment cause we have uh, two car loans that amount at about 50,000 total. And I have an, uh, HELOC, uh, on our house. And it has about uh, one hundred and twenty-five thousand in it. Um, so, all yeah, right, you have a, a debt on the HELOC or an amount that is not used on the HELOC? No, no, the debt on the HELOC. You uh, owe one hundred twenty thousand on your HELOC. Correct. Ugh, okay. Um, Fifty thousand on your cars. Well, what do you make? Uh, total about between one forty and one sixty a year. Okay. All right. And, and, and you uh, have three thousand dollars right now in the emergency fund. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. And your question's what? Uh, uh, so I want to sell both cars because I can probably get um, what we owe uh, back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm wondering if I should use the HELOC to pay for a much lower payment car. Um, and so to consolidate all that in one or to get another, another way smaller loan to get a, a car. Cause I, we can get another car from my sister-in-law, uh, that my wife can use. Mm-hmm. And then we will need a family car cause we have an 11 month old. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're going to sell the two, the cars you owe 50,000 on, they'll bring 50 and then you've got, you're going to get a car from your sister-in-law and then you've got to get another car on payments, but it'll be less than 50. Oh, yeah. I, I was thinking about between 15 and 20. Okay. All right. Somewhere in that range. So the it, neither one of your car current cars are uh, 15 or 20? No, they're, uh, one is 23, the other one is 24. Okay. Well, moving from 23 to 15 is not that big a deal when you make 160. True. So I'd probably just keep one of those, sell the other one, mm-hmm. and take your sister-in-law's car and call it a day. And let's get it it, then okay. let's get it paid off as fast as possible. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's that's the plan. Yeah, which one of those you want to keep? Uh, the trucks because it's it's bigger and you know for the baby and the, the, the if we have to move stuff. So it's got a it's crew cab. It's got a second cab in it or second row seats. Yeah, it's, it's a super crew. It's yeah, a okay. F-150. All right, so you yeah you can. It's basically a four door car. Okay, I got you. Yeah, exactly, and it's good for travel too. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Keep keep one of them, and then let's get the other one paid off as soon as possible. If that's your only debt, except your home. Yeah, I mean the car, and then the HELOC that I want to. You know, it's 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 burdening on me. It's like a thousand dollars a month payments. Yeah, we mm-hmm. tell folks on the uh, on HELOCs they go in baby step six if they're more than mm-hmm. half your annual income. Which they are in your case. Yeah, so I'm going to roll it yeah. over to six. What's your uh, more mortgage balance on your first mortgage? Uh, five twenty-five. What's your interest rate on that? Uh, 
Mm. What's the interest rate on the HELOC? Right, well, we started at six, and now it's about nine. Yeah. In the last week. Uh, this is why we tell people not to do these all the time. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you. I, I Normally, I would lean into it in baby step two because it's, uh, I mean, in six, because it's more than half your annual income. But uh, uh-huh. once you get rid of the car debt, I probably would reach over and start smacking it because it's such a high interest rate. Exactly. I, I think I can, once I get rid of the car payments, I can start throwing like, you know, somewhere between three and 4000 a month at it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably wise. I'm, I'm with you on that. Let's do that. But yeah, I would keep the truck and pay it off and sell the other one and take the okay. Citroen law car for the second car. And uh, that puts you in a really good place. You're making good moves there. Mm-hmm. For sure. When I think, you know, it's so interesting with the HELOC discussion, because even talking to people that we know in our lives are like, oh, it's, a, it's such an easy route to feel like you get what you want when you want it kind of thing, especially with your house. If you're going to go do renovations, all of it, it's, it is the one piece of debt that I'm starting to hear people justifying. Oh, they've always justified everything. But the, the, it, it's the, the thing is it's a sleeper mm-hmm. because it sounds like, Oh, well, this is no big deal. When it's and, putting and into it's my actually, house, it's, it's actually a piece of crap. As far as debt goes, it's a really horrible product. And here's the reason you put your home at risk to go on vacation. I mean, how stupid is that? Well, I know a lot you of people do put your home it. at risk to buy a couch. Or to do renovations. Or to do that, a renovation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of cash flowing the renovations. And it was just it was just immaturity. I want it and I want it now and I'm four freaking years old. That's all it is. And then but I but I am I've got it on a HELOC and that makes it sound sophisticated. You're not sophisticated. <laughs> it's stupid. And so Are they always variable rates? And that's the other problem. They they have calls in them. They'll re you requalify you. You lose your job and that thing comes up with a call. They'll foreclose on your butt. Yeah. So they'll, or they'll have a three year balloon on them, or, or and they've got a stinking variable rate. And variable rates were great for the decade that we sat around at three percent. You didn't worry about a variable rate, but now you guys are facing reality out there. Variable rate means variable, and it usually means up when it comes to a bank, right? So here we go. Now you get screwed. Now you got a 9% second mortgage on your house. Oh, yeah. my, bless his heart. I mean, I'm glad he's I'm glad he's upset about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah. yeah it's, it, the problem, though, is what you're saying is true. It's just, it, it, it's, well, and I think it's seasonal. It, everybody life. acts like it's okay. Yes. And it's a horrible product. And it's so interesting when you go through life and you look from 18 to 65 and you start to watch these financial products really play a bigger role in your seasonal life so if you are if you've been married you have kids you're kind of in that seasonal life of like the 30s 40s that's when the HELOC right it's not as much the student loan anymore you're trying to pay right, it off right the student loan was the discussion in your 20s then it moves to uh, well you move into you've, and, then and car, all along you've been overspending on credit cards so now we're going to yeah. move those over onto the HELOC yeah, I mean, and like, we're going to keep spending like we're in Congress you watch it and then you get to the you know your your age group and it's reverse reverse mortgages and all this stuff so i'm like you just have to be aware your seasonal life they they know how to how to how to pick at the places that you're discontent in thinking i can get ahead in this and we probably do need to write a blog about stupid things at each decade of your life yeah the 20s the 20s stupid things the 30s stupid things the 40s stupid things the 50s stupid things the 60s and 70s stupid things 
Yeah, they're stupid things. We can tell how old you are by the stupid things you're doing. <laughs> this is the Ramsey Show. Hey, good folks, Dr. John Deloney here. Listen, the Ramsey Cash Giveaway is back, and you could win the $3,000 grand prize. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash giveaway and enter every day. Plus, save 20% on bestsellers like my latest book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, my Questions for Humans conversation cards, and my friend Dave Ramsey's Baby Steps Millionaires. Listen, don't miss these deals. Get 20% off at RamseySolutions.com slash store. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. Rachel Cruz is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. If you like what you hear, help us out. We need your help. Subscribe to the show. Click the subscribe button. Click the follow button. Share the show. Clip a link out. And click a Cut a link out and send it to your friends or click the share button. Anything like that that you can do helps us. It moves everything around in the algorithms and lets people out there in the land of YouTube and podcast know that we're there. If we're listening, if you're listening on your local radio station, thank you for that. Tell people that we're there on talk radio, 680 talk radio stations right now. Thank you very much. And even uh, TBN, we're on TBN every day. So if you get that app or you're watching that on your cable provider, either one, thank you. Thank you for hanging out wherever you are and help us spread the word and leave a five-star review. Say something nice. Saying something nice on the internet. That would be cool. That'd be, that some, be, that'd be nice. a new thing to say something nice, nice on the internet. Uh, Jacob is in Fort Worth, Texas. Hi, Jacob. How are you? Doing well, sir. How you doing? Better than I deserve. What's up? Hey, I was just calling because uh, obviously I, I enjoy listening to you and uh, respect your opinion. Thank you. But my fiance and I, we're looking to move from Fort Worth back to our home state of Minnesota. Cool. And so I was looking to get your opinion about kind of what to look for when buying our first home and um, looking at like a, a fixer-upper versus a house that's already in like pristine shape. Uh, maybe in a growing market, our idea is that we're not going to be here forever or in that home. So we're looking to grow equity um, in the smartest way possible. Fiance. Did you say fiance? Yes, sir. Yeah, my fiance and I. Yeah. When are you getting married? Um, well, we keep pushing it off. We've been engaged for about two years, but we uh, originally from Minnesota. We moved down to Kansas City for two years, and then we moved to Fort Worth kind of on a whim. And then decided, so we're hoping to get married at the end of next year, but our goal is to buy a home first. Don't. Do not buy a home with someone you're not married to. You're going to get yourself into legal, relational, spiritual, and financial trouble. Don't do it. Don't do it. I talked to a gal, okay. a gal yesterday that called me. She had been living with a guy for eight years. They had two cars in their names, four credit cards in their names, and a house in their names, and he left. You know what she is? Screwed. She can't get. She can't sell any of it because he won't sign the titles to any of it. He won't pay the payments on any of it. So she's being forced into bankruptcy because of this right here. Don't do this. Go to see the preacher and get your butt married before you buy a house. Okay? Because you're going to get a mess, dude. You're going to get in a serious mess. Don't do that. I've been doing this 30 years. 
All I've heard is pain around this subject. No one ever gets blessed by what you're trying to do here. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Now, once you get up there and you're married, because you're going to go get married this weekend. Now and you, you know it's me. her. Y'all have been together two years. So I'm like, just get the yeah. license. You guys are married. You're acting like you're married. You're basically married. Yeah, Painter, get off the ladder. Yeah. You got this, Jacob. So, yeah. anyway. I, mean, I believe I in you. To, uh, I debated about that. Um, you know, part of it was going to get our license, like you, like you just said. And then all the other part of me was thinking about, like, it was her special day. So I kind of wanted everything to happen at once. Yeah. But our goal is to, this is our biggest investment, and we're not looking to, you know, a lot of people take out loans, and they have these uh, fancy weddings that cost so much money, but that's not really what we're looking for um, for the long game. But it is still her special day. Yeah, it is her special um, so you, day, you so don't screw it up with buying a house before the special day, and then y'all have no special days. Definitely, definitely. Okay. So you recommend, um, you know, like just going to get a simple license? or, or, or I don't care. I mean, way. y'all figure it out. Figure out what, you, what, well, the what, point her, is that what her special day looks like. But I would not put your name on a deed with someone that you are not married to. You're creating what your attorney would tell you is called a general partnership with no general partnership documents. And so, and I've seen all kinds of horrible things happen to people in these situations. Some of them are just mean. Some of them are sad, but it just, it's a mess. I, one guy, his fiance got killed now and there was no will. She got killed in a car wreck and now he owns a house with her mother. Talk about awkward. That story. Yeah. Talk about awkward. I that's a mess. So don't do that now. Okay. Now, so y'all figure out how, whether, you know, how you're going to get married, but before you're married, before you buy a house together, get married. Now let's pretend you're married and then we'll answer your question. If you're brand new married, I would not buy a fixer upper. Fixer uppers are hard work. It's tough. It's distracting. I would want you to focus on each other and be in love instead of hanging curtains and tiling pe- and peeling old, old wallpaper. Because off. let me say this. It, it's it's romanticized on HGTV. It, uh, it, it feels like, oh my gosh, we're going to fix this house up and get what we want, all of it. And it does end up being usually more expensive. The time frame is longer. You're dealing with contractors. You're trying to, I mean, you, it's a second job is basically what that is. And, and so for you your live, first year of marriage, you, you live in that. dust, perpetual yeah. dust. It's it, dust it's not, and all some, the and time. Some people do it well, but it sounds a whole lot better than the actual reality of it. There, there, there's nothing good about it. I've renovated one house while I lived in it. It's a disaster. I'm sitting yeah. in a lawn chair right. on plywood floors because everything's ripped up watching the Super Bowl one time. I told Sharon, I said, you might be a redneck if you're sitting in your own house inside in a lawn chair on a plywood floor watching the Super Bowl. That's what renovating a house is. It ain't Chip and Joanna. I'm just telling you, nobody's hair's done. The makeup's not right. It's all bad. Okay, there's no reality in reality TV. HGTV has ruined your perception of this thing. So no, I would not do a fixer upper. Not my first house. If you're going to do a fixer upper, don't live in it while you're doing it. Live somewhere else, fix it up over there, then move in it. If you want to do a, if you want to get a, some equity from some work being done, it can be a little little bit of light work, like. We've got to do. We got to tear all the landscaping out. We got to run a coat of paint through the thing. That's okay. But this idea, we're going to knock down walls and and, and you know the decorator is going to prance through and tell you uh, no, no, and the kitchens no. You're killing me. No, don't please. Now your don't expectation do though may have to lower that depending on what you guys can afford. Yeah. The you know that it won't be this 
top of the line either, though, right? So like, there's a le- there's a you're right a medium I, there of like, yeah. But, but that's a good be. point. I I forget that these reality shows that aren't reality that have nothing to do with they're scripted as they can be. Um, and the hilarious thing is, people in the industry call them unscripted TV, but they're about they're more scripted than a dadgum sitcom. And then and they've romanticized it, because yeah. you know between commercial breaks, the whole thing gets done. And, and it, no, it's eight months later, and you're still sucking drywall dust while you're trying to sleep. You know, it's just, it's nasty. I grew up in the construction business. I've done probably 1,500 rehabs in my life. I used to do it for a living. You don't want to do that. It's, yeah. Not, yeah. it's not what TV portrays it to be. You're right about that. I had, thought, had not thought about that part of the problem. Sounds dreamy and romantic. Yeah. It's not. It's not fun. Yeah. Um, I, I know it's shocking to you people, but those people on The Bachelor could have got a date without the TV show. It's shocking, I know. But, um, yeah, it's it's if they were really looking to not be a Bachelor, it probably could have worked it out. But um, so without any – anyway, so, yeah, that, that's funny. Ra- Rachel's favorite show. Is that your favorite show still? Uh, it's moved on to The Real Housewives. The so Real Housewives? We can, talk, we can talk reality TV another day, Dave. You uh, will not like my reality TV. No, People I don't like any reality TV. And the Kardashians' new season's out. You know? Oh, I love it. Gosh. I think it's all fantastic. You are so culturally relevant. I think I... That I am. <laughs> that I am. You kept mentioning Tiger King even like six months ago. I was like, oh, Dave, no one watches that anymore. No, I mean... That, that was a that COVID was, thing. That was a thing during the Fauci pandemic. In. But hey, Love is Blind talks a lot. We watched Tiger King. Yeah, but Love is Blind talks a lot about money. There's a lot of conversations around it. None of it makes sense. Yeah. All right, there we go. (laughs) You never know. Uh, Good luck, Jacob. I hope it works out for you, my brother. Uh, sorry you called in and got a speech, but I don't want I don't want bad things for you. I, Dave's I love monologue. you and I, wa- I want you Jacob, to win. You see how I feel growing up? Oh, yeah, that's, that's what that's I got. What Rachel got at the dinner in a table. living room. Still in counseling for it. This is the Ramsey Show. All right, let's cut to the chase. It's easy to get discouraged about crazy house prices and interest rates. But when you have the right real estate agent to help you buy and sell the right way, you'll have confidence to make smart decisions. Ramsey trusted agents aren't just experts who guide you through buying or selling. They're someone you can trust to have your back from the first call to closing day. Find a Ramsey trusted agent near you at RamseySolutions.com slash agent. RamseySolutions.com slash agent. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, is our co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. One of the things we love looking outside the windows of our studio is seeing all the people in the lobby as we're doing our show. It's on from 1 to 4 Central Time every day, and people come from all over and sit and watch the show, get free homemade cookies and free coffee. And the second thing we love is there's a debt-free stage, and people come in and we do their debt-free screams. And the best debt-free screams of all are those that work on our team. So an actual Ramsey team member is ready to do a debt-free scream with a better-than-I-deserve T-shirt on. I mean, you're wearing (laughs) the colors and everything. I love it. So Tracy and Brian, Tracy Camus is our one of our uh, leadership team here. She's a newly minted leader on our team and is a senior director of supply chain uh, logistics, which means she makes the world go round around here. And her husband Brian and uh, here to do a debt-free scream. Congratulations, you two! Congrats! Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, All Rachel. Right. 
So you've been here about, what, three or four months, right? Uh, it was 90 days last week. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Good. Good. Brian, what do you do? Sheet metal. Awesome. Very cool. That's a great trade. Mm-hmm. And uh, doing good right now, I bet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, <laughs> booming. Yeah, good for you. Congratulations. So uh, how much debt did you two pay off? $462,000. Oh, Goodness. Oh, my gosh, Tracy. And how long did this take? 48 months. 48 months. Wow. All right. And we don't ask your income since your team members are all standing <laughs> around here. Uh, that would be a little bit awkward. So uh, we're not going to do that. But uh, – uh what kind of debt was this uh everything student loans credit cards uh 401k loans consolidation debt uh you name it we had it a leased car um yeah wow yeah in our house okay and and, so, and our house and our house as yeah. she says it as a passing okay and you paid off <laughs> your home much. yes okay so tell us the story what happened because i know you you guys moved here yes. to take this position i yes. remember that when you were coming in mm-hmm. and um so you moved here and how did this all go down um about in the end of 2018 i took a new position um, at my previous company um in supply chain and um i uh, was it had switched the time that I was listening to someone else on the radio and on Sirius XM in my nice leased car, and I uh, it was at the end of the day, so I wasn't listening to her anymore. And you came on because she had switched channels, and um, I was like, "Who's this guy from that has this accent? You know, from the <laughs> South? I don't know who this guy is, but he's talking asking people questions that you're not supposed to ask people. You're not supposed to ask people how much they make. You're not supposed to ask people." you know, how much debt they have. And you're not supposed to ask them all these personal questions, like this taboo thing. And everybody was just telling you all this information and you weren't shaming them for anything. Well, I mean, sometimes you're hard on them, but you weren't, <laughs> you weren't like shaming them. You were like kind to them and trying to help them um, have hope. And um, earlier that year, I had received the largest um, bonus I had ever received at my previous company. And I took it it was $18,000 and I took it. I paid off all my credit cards. And by the time I was listening to you, it was already back up to 12,000. Wow. Mm. And we um, were not uh, doing our budgets to get, we weren't doing our finances together. Um, we got married at a later um, age in life and we decided that, you know, we don't need to do our finances together. Um, and then you were saying that we did. And so, um, anyway, so a couple of weeks later, I got your total money makeover book, listened to it in like a couple of days. Um, and then I came to him and I said, Hey, um, I think we should do this plan. And, uh, and oh, by the way, I have like a ton of debt and, um, he didn't know. Um, so that's where it started. So, Brian, uh, she had to tell you mm-hmm. how much debt. How much debt did you have? Was all of it yours? Uh, most of it was mine. Um, he, ha- would you have a credit card and like a small student loan that you're hanging on to? <laughs> yeah, a, a few credit cards with whatever one debt, yeah. two grand on them a piece or something. Yeah, so like she that. tells you there's this pile of debt. What did you do? Go, holy crap! Yep. She's like, you want to work together? <laughs> You're like, no, nope, I think I'm like, doing pretty uh, good. No, I don't. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it, it was it was tough to put it all in one pot. I yeah, bet. I bet for sure. Yes, a lot it of couples was. feel that. Uh huh. So what did you think though, Brian? When she's like, okay, I want to work. I do want to work together. Let's come. Let's let's do this subject as a married couple together. What was your? Because are you more of the spender saver? Like what's you dynamic? Saver. 
She's the spender. I can tell by the debt. Well, I guess. I don't want to always mark. I don't want to mark spenders like that because yeah, I am. I'm one, not guiltless, so. but I'll, uh, yeah, I usually do my research yeah. and plan it and save it and, yeah. and then do it anyway, but not just do it and then pay it off later. That's right. Because yeah. if you can't afford it, you don't you buy it. Should, yeah. Exactly. So yeah. that was in 2018. So did mm-hmm. you guys start pretty immediately together in that or pretty much? I think we, we started looking at the budget. Um, back in the day, you used to have to hand write the budget mm-hmm. and it was driving me nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, but I took, brought one to him and I said, hey, why don't you do this mock budget and see how much you think you're spending and I'll see how much I think I'm spending. And that was kind of what opened the door for us to see that um, we were just, we weren't telling each other when we we're going to the grocery store. Mm. I'm buying bread. He's buying bread. Everybody's buying bread. Or <laughs> every, I'm buying steak. He's bread. buying lobster or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. And so in um, 2019, we started FPU. And um, and then we just started, you know, hammering the debt. And mm-hmm. um, I paid off the, we paid off the, uh, the lease nine months early and turned it in early. And I got my hoopty. Mm-hmm. And what's funny about that is, you know, God has a sense of humor because when I went to get the title for my hoopty, um, they gave me the license plate and it said BMW on it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was not a BMW. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not a BMW. It's oh, a 1999 Toyota Solera. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we did the plan. Um, it only, it, we actually did it pretty quickly. Um, we got our... Uh, emergency fund in place and um so you're debt free everything but the house yeah we're debt free everything but the house in 2020 COVID hit and he went out of work and instead of us being freaked out we we were relaxed and we actually invested in a a Roth IRA for him um two years in a row and we did really well that year because uh everybody was freaking out about COVID investments and we just listened to what you had to say and we're like well let's just see what happens and it went through the roof so it was cool yeah um and then um through that journey um we because of that we became um we started believing in jesus again um Mm -hmm. or i started believing in jesus again and what god could do and i brought brought him along um and through that my dad um also came to know jesus before he passed away wow Mm. wow wow it's a big story yeah with so much yeah and then you guys move here to take the job and sell the house back home yep we, we we moved here um sold the house and took we just decided that god blessed us with enough equity that um we should be able to buy a house with cash and so mm. that's what we did when we got here so we are 100 percent debt free and it's wow awesome. what a great Gosh. story tracy and brian that's amazing boom well we're proud to have you on the team but we're proud of you too Thank both you. of mm-hmm. you both of you absolutely incredible yeah, uh, man, there's a lot going on there in 48 a months. Mm-hmm. A lot happening in your lives, and uh, it's very cool. Mm. Very cool. We're so happy you get, you're here, part of this team. You're you. obviously very skilled at what you do um, here in, within your discipline, but uh, everybody has also embraced you immediately as a team member and li- as a key part of the leadership team. So congratulations, and way to go, y'all. Thank How's you. How's it feel to not have a payment in the world? fantastic yeah <laughs> amen awesome yeah. amen well way to go you guys all right tracy camus our senior director of supply chain her husband brian four hundred sixty-two thousand dollars paid in 48 months and two people walking with jesus count mm. it down let's hear a debt-free scream three two one we're, we're debt-free, debt-free!
Done. Wow. Wow. A lot happened. I wish we had a whole other segment with them. I'm like, there's so many questions I want to ask. Incredible. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Well done. This is the Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Bobby Knight said, the key is not the will to win. Everybody has that. It is the will to prepare to win that is important. Well, rest in peace, Bobby Knight. We lost him this week. Open phones here at 888-825-5225. Alex is in Norfolk, Virginia. Hi, Alex. How are you? Hi, Dave. I'm doing good. How about you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Uh, So last night, my wife turned to me before bed and told me that she didn't feel satisfied at work anymore and that it it was causing her too much stress. And it just wasn't what she expected when she joined the the job. She works as a a social worker um, while she's waiting to save up to go into her master's so she can become a clinical psychologist. Um, she moved here about three years ago when uh, we came here to Virginia. And she she's had plenty of jobs since then, but they've never lasted longer than about six months before she would either find a better job or uh, maybe they had a disagreement at work or um, she couldn't take the job anymore. And we're, we're in the middle of paying off the student loans from, uh, from her psychology degree. And we just found out that um, my wife is pregnant like a month ago. So congratulations, it's, it's all kind of hitting me all. Thank you. It's all kind of hitting me all at once. I mean, I'm very excited about the baby, but I was very, I was very collected when she told me about it. She was surprised. And I told her it's because we're financially stable. We're on a plan. I don't have to worry about knowing if we're going to be able to afford the baby or not, because I know that we can, but if she's moving, if, if she's planning on moving to a different job that it shakes my, my, um, my structure, I guess, like it, it shakes my rock. I don't have, I don't, I know that we can get by on my income, but what we do you make get by with a baby? I may, I'm in the Navy. I make, uh, I, I make 40, 4,200 a month. Okay. $50,000 a year. Away. What does she make? She makes 23 a month. Okay. $30,000 a year. Okay. Yep. And we put 3000 towards her debt every month. How much uh, student loan debt is for, there? Uh, 57. That's what it was last month. 57000 Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Is that y'all's only debt, Alex? Yes. We thought it was a lot less than that until she graduated and we looked at the numbers and it was twice that. Twice of what you thought. Yeah, exactly. Um, what do you think, not to like 
psychoanalyze her, but what what's the with the job changes that are pretty consistent with her? What what do you think the what do you think the thing is about that? So her the the reoccurring thing is she doesn't find meaning in her work. When she works somewhere that she finds meaning at, then she she never complains about it. And she hasn't complained about this job for she she's been there six months now. She hasn't complained about it until the last um, two months. She she would she started mentioning that she was tired of training. She's been training on the computer ever since she got to the job. And every time they give her opportunity to come forth and like do something that actually deals with social work, um, she like trips or fumbles or doesn't get something right. And uh, then somebody gets upset with her. She's got some rude coworkers, and then she, I, I think she just can't handle it. And she brought up that um, a lady called her that was supposed to have called her a month ago so that they could fix something. But then they, now they couldn't fix it because she didn't call when she was supposed to. And she got cussed out of the phone and she wanted the job so she could help people. And she doesn't feel like she's helping people. She feels like people are getting angry at her for trying to help. Okay. How old is she? Uh, 23. Mm. Okay. Um, what, 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 what can we do to help? Um, I just, I want to know, I I want her to be happy in her work. I don't, I, I love listening to the Ken Coleman show and I believe in like working at something that you feel passionate about. And I want her to feel passionate about what she does, but I, I'm scared because so much is going on right now and she wants to make this choice. Mm -hmm. I want to back her in whatever she wants, but I want to make sure that we're doing the right thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's two reasons that we work. One is to self-actualize and have purpose and meaning in our work and do work that matters. And that certainly needs to be the long-term goal. All right. The second reason we work is we're grownups and we have to feed our family and you suck it up and put a callus on your hand and you do the work. That's the two reasons yes, you work. Now, here's the point. What Ken Coleman is telling people and what we tell people here and have for 30 years is, uh, you don't suck it up for 38 years. You suck it up for 38 months, but she has never once sucked it up. She has never once stiffened her backbone and walked through a tough time. Every time the wind blows, she goes out the door. That's who you've described to us for the past few minutes. And so she has a baby on the way and $57,000 in debt. This is when you suck it up. If somebody's mean to you, oh, well, welcome, welcome to the world. Deal with it. Suck it up. She has, a, she has, a, um, she has some problems with anxiety. And she wants to be a psychologist? And <laughs> yes, sir. Okay. We're going to have to do something. She's going to have to, at 23 years old, she's going to have to develop some toughness to be able to be a mommy and to be a grown up. And uh, I'm not saying anxiety is not real. And I'm not saying just pretend like yeah. you're not anxious. That's not the point. If she needs to see a counselor, fine. Let's see a counselor. But, but this idea that every time it gets rough at work, we quit. You're yeah. never going to keep a job in your whole life. I own this place, and some days I hate it. 
and I can do anything I want to do, but I do it anyway. And Alex, I think the and I think the hard thing, what you're going to have to discover is you can't control her as much as you want it for her. She has to want it herself and her own journey of understanding herself and why she is the way she is, why we all are, right? We all have to get to that point where we're like, okay, what what has caused me to have these patterns in my life? The wake-up call has to come from her. It can't come from you wanting her to have it. And that's going to be a tough position that you're in, Alex. You're calling the show for her, right? Uh, Let me me ask you something. Has she got brothers or sisters? No, she's an only child. I thought so. Okay. And so she's her daddy's little princess, isn't she? Uh, No, she had uh, dad problems. Oh, okay. So he he left he left the picture halfway through. Okay, all right. Um, because this uh, it it sounds like that um, mom it's a lot of hurt. She like, has a lot. She's functioning she's dealing, out she's of a dealing, lot. She's dealing with of, a lot of hurt and a lot of when she feels rejection, she yeah. bounces. Alex, probably yeah. from what you just told us in the last thirty seconds from her story. I mean, there's a lot of her stories she has to become aware of for her to heal and become a whole person yeah. and not to bounce. So I so part of me is like I understand why she's doing it, but it's, it doesn't make it okay. And so it puts you in a tough position. And so you're going to have to sit down and have a, and you guys have to lay out these numbers and just say, hey, for the next nine months, because when you have a baby, depending on what you want to do, like we have to be in this. We have to, we have to figure out a way to pay down this debt so that we're not drowning financially. And you need to be, and I want, and I want you as your husband, I'm seeing this pain. Long term, I want you to be. Yes. I want her to be. Long term, I want her to be in something she loves. And where she's helping people, yeah. and, and where she's not having to deal with toxic work coworkers, I don't, I don't blame her for that. Long term, I want her to be there, but short term, we got to be a grown up and a baby to baby to feed. We got debt to pay off, and um, and we probably do need to get to the bottom of, from a psychological standpoint, why we're studying psychology, and get into this. That puts us our the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey guys, I'm Rachel. And I'm George. And you've probably heard our voices before on The Ramsey Show. And do we have a surprise for you? Yep, we have our very own show, Smart Money Happy Hour, where we talk about pop culture, current events, and of course, money. George, it's a great show. And what else do we talk about? So much, Rachel. Not enough, and yet too much. We talk about (laughs) guilt tipping, because tipping is out of control, and I won't stand for it anymore, which is why I'm sitting. I'm glad you're taking such a stand. And we also talk about something else I'm passionate about, Disney adults. Oh, George. Why is it a thing? Listen, some adults still find the magic. Sure. We also talk about toxic money traits and girl math. And if you don't know what those are, you have to listen to the podcast. Yeah, there's a lot there, you guys. It's pretty fun. We keep you relevant is what I'm trying to say. We help you out. So pull up a chair to the happy hour you wish your friends were having. We promise you won't regret it. And if you don't have friends, we'll be your friends. We will. We're great friends. So make sure to check it out on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or the Ramsey Network app.